Hey guys, thank you so much for listening or watching our podcast. If you're enjoying our podcast, we would like to invite you to support us by leaving us a review. Let us know how you have been encouraged by each one of the stories that you have listened here. Also leaving us your feedback. You can also help by following us on social media on Instagram and Facebook or by liking or commenting on our post and also by sharing with your friends and family. Also, don't forget to subscribe on our podcast and YouTube channel. Another way that you can also help us is financially by visiting our Patreon page by going on the link here on the description. She encouraged me saying like, okay, bad company corrupts good morals and I don't think you should be in this relationship. That drove me for some reason to have this boldness of like, you know what? I think... I don't think she's right about this. Like, I think I'm going to talk to Mark and let him know. I talked to him. I I went to him and said, I, I know that the Bible um, says do not be unequally yoked. I can I can convert him. Like, I don't think this is this is what this is what the Bible really says here. And he just straight up said, you know, there's no such thing as about evangelistic dating. And how do you know that this guy will convert to Christ? Like, how do you know that you will make him convert to Christ. And that conversation really left me thinking, I'm claiming to be someone that I see clearly that I'm not. I really wrestled with this feeling, like I I felt guilt. This is Ordinary People with Extraordinary Lives, a series dedicated to the testimonies of believers and followers of Jesus Christ. I am your host, Arlenis Bakalu. Welcome everyone to Ordinary People with Extraordinary Lives. Uh, Thank you to all of our listeners and thank you to our 102 subscribers as of this week on our YouTube channel. Thank you so much guys for your faithfulness and just for the support that you just continue to receive um, every week and daily. Uh, We're so thankful for your support. Thank you to our first Patreon supporter. Uh, I won't say the name, but thank you so much for just showing your support to our podcast um, in this way. I I can tell you that we are constantly just encouraged by reading uh, some of your comments. And when I see people and they just tell me, you know, in person how much they have been encouraged by this, the testimonies that they get to hear uh, on this podcast. I mean, I don't write the stories. This is... The stories that the Lord has himself written in, in, in our lives. The Lord is the one who gets all the credit and, and the glory in this podcast. And today I actually want to take uh, some time just to uh, read three comments or two comments that I uh, that someone left for us on at the YouTube channel. And then also I want to read one of the reviews that we got from a sweet friend of ours. Uh, so I'm going to read this comment from, on YouTube. Someone said, thank you so much for this podcast. What a blessing and encouragement to listen to it. Another person says, wow, thank you for creating a platform to broadcast the work of the Lord in the lives of our brethren. I have been so encouraged and inspired to praise the wonders of of God's grace towards us through this testimony. God bless. And then I'm going to read one of the review. And actually, this is from a very dear friend. She also has a podcast and I want to give her a shout out. Uh, it's Christy Rose, um, and her podcast is Smiling at the Future. So if you're not following her, please go and subscribe to her uh, podcast. It's mostly directly for single ladies. And honestly, I'm not single, I'm married, but I'm listening to her podcast. And it's been so wonderful just to hear the conversations and um, with all these wonderful ladies that she interviews in her podcast. So please go and uh, subscribe to 
Christy's um, podcast, which is Smiling at the Future. So she says, I follow many podcasts, but this one is the main podcast I listen to when I know I need encouragement. I know that I will come away uplifted, edify, and inspired to share the gospel with others. Arlene does a beautiful job as an interviewer, and the quality of the production is exceptional. You will not regret adding this into your weekly listening schedule. So thank you so much, Christy. This is really sweet and very kind of you. I know that, like you, our goal is that Christ will be known to those who do not know him, but also that our fellow brothers and sisters will be encouraged through the stories and the, just the testimonies of every person that comes into this podcast. Friends, if you want to know how you can be supporting us, well, this is a way that you can be supporting us. Just leaving us a review, following us on our social media, uh, subscribing to our YouTube channel. So those are some of the ways that you can be supporting us. I also want to give it a shout out to our friends at the BART Network. Thank you so much to our friend Dwayne, who uh, kindly brought us into the BART Network. And now we get to enjoy, you know, and just being part of this wonderful community of podcasters, solid Christians, you know, with different podcasts. I've been having a great time listening to their content as well. So check them out, the BART Network, and you will find some great people with amazing content. Um, so yeah, there's so many wonderful, um, creative people out there who are just bringing God's word in so many different ways. So, and on that note, I'm going to introduce my guest for the day. She's a very dear friend of mine. Uh, we met through church as well. And I feel that ever since we met, um, we clicked because I don't know if it's because we also speak Spanish, the two of us. <laughs> But I know that for sure it's because of the love of Christ and that we are of the fam family of Christ. And since I met her, I've had the privilege to just seeing her grow in her spiritual uh, walk with the Lord and seeing her, uh, seeing her love for the Lord as well. And honestly, she's a very, very dear friend of mine. So please help me welcome Glenda Gonzalez. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Glenda. Hello. I She's a little nervous, but she will be doing fine. She will be doing, <laughs> she'll do fine. It's okay. She's going to do fine. Well, thank you again for um, just agreeing to join me on the podcast. And I'm very excited for people to get to know you and just hear how the Lord has worked in your life. Thank yeah. you. Um, I never thought I would be here. I'm a regular listener. Yeah, I just didn't think that the Lord would bring this opportunity and give me the boldness to just come here and you know, share the work of the Lord. So thank you for having me. No, thank you. <laughs> I know a lot of people, you know, they feel more like, yeah, you know, once I see lights and camera, because yeah, for those who are just listening to the podcast, we do record this and then upload it into YouTube as well. So I know a lot of people get intimidated by that, but thank you so much for just joining me here. So Glenda, I'm going to start with my very first question that I ask all of my you know, all my guests, and that is to get to know you a little better. I would love for you to just share a little bit about your childhood. Uh, where did you grow up? Um, yeah, and just basically walk us through through that. I was born and raised in Cuba. It's an island very close to the Dominican Republic. Yeah, yeah, we're neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and yeah, it's perfect because my testimony does start off um, just in my childhood and. A lot of my church attendance was just, it, it was implanted uh, during childhood. So when I was, um, I believe about four or three, it was a time when my mom was caring for my grandmother. 
She was um, battling Alzheimer's, pretty much a terminal disease. And um, yeah, she was very tense and really seeking, seeking hope, seeking somewhere to, you know, cast her anxieties. And she was talking to a friend of hers who was actually a Catholic and that friend encouraged her like, you know, you don't have to join the Catholic Church, but um, I would I would encourage you to find a, a church and attend a church because my mom at the moment was dealing with a lot of anxiety and she just, you know, wanted to confide in a church and was encouraged to do so. So that's how um, church attendance for my family really began. Mm-hmm. And we've been coming well, we've been attending church ever since. And what kind of church was it, the one that you guys were attending? <laughs> it's really <laughs> interesting because I, you, you don't know what's normal or what's... You don't know the difference until you see what else is out there. So this church actually spoke in tongues. And it was very interesting because they would... I don't remember much about the preaching or like what went on, but I do remember that they they spoke in tongues and that was always something that left me a little bit shocked. Like, okay, how can they... I didn't understand the point. I didn't mm-hmm. understand how they could even communicate. And yeah, it was, it was a type of church um, that did that. And I... Even when we traveled over here, we ended up at another Pentecostal church mm. and they spoke in tongues. So I I grew up in that environment and not really, again, not really questioning necessarily like what, what they were saying, but just being exposed to that. Born and raised there, my mom eventually married and that's how my sister and I, well, my sister, my mom and I mm-hmm. came to America and... Mm. Her her husband at the time lived in California, so we immediately came here. And when we got here, my mother still had that desire to continue church attendance. And we we got plugged, well, not plugged in, but we attended a church here that was in Silmar. That church was, it was kind of a struggle at first because we didn't have a car and we... Yeah, we depended on the you know members of the church to give us a ride. Mm-hmm. So it was often, it was often like when they would give us a ride, we would we would go and attend church. Yeah. So that we went to that church for a couple of years, I believe, two or three years until eventually we said, well, we we have a car, but it's still kind of far to drive um, to Silmar because my mom was is very hesitant to drive on the freeway. She still is, <laughs> <laughs> so it, was, it, it would take a while to get yeah. to church. Um, in, in our opinion, and we decided to move to a more local or cl- a closer church, and that was Church in the Way, um, which it was a Spanish denomination, La Iglesia and Camino. We started attending that church, and it was it was a different context because it was it had four services. It was a lot bigger, and there wasn't um, what I would say the ability to have accountability, mm-hmm. and that really um, impacted the way that we viewed church and our level of commitment. Mm-hmm. So. 
yeah, we just started attending there and really just grew accustomed to going to church, um, leaving right after the service because the other um, like service had to come in and you just had to make that switch. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a church that I attended for a while until coming to Grace Community Church. And I didn't really know, I don't know how this church attendance, it it didn't have an impact in my life. Like I see now that I, I, I went to church, but mm-hmm. Monday, we all went to church, yeah. but Monday through Saturday, we were as if we, if we hadn't heard the word. And I don't remember much about the sermons being preached there, except for the fact that they were, <laughs> they, they had something to do with how to be successful in this area, like marriage. Mm-hmm. And it was very, very topological. And it felt more, the Bible wasn't its main priority. It felt more like he had something to say and then would incorporate some verses that would back him up in a way. Mm-hmm. Again, when you don't know anything else, you you consider it fine and normal, but it really... You know, at this point in my life, I can see how it really impacted the way I understood the gospel and that I didn't understand the gospel. Yeah. I had I had no, you know, I had a sense that, okay, Jesus died on the cross, but really, why did he die and how that, how that impacted my life? I had no idea. That brings me to just kind of what my life was like as I was attending um, that church that was very big and nobody really knew who we were and like what our lifestyle was. So no accountability for you guys. Yeah. Zero accountability. We, if we missed, um, attendance, it was, you know, it was fine. We missed, nobody knew, Mm -hmm. no, no harm done. It was during the, I believe 2011, 2012, 2013, it was a period of like three or four years, I would travel often with my sister um, to Cuba. We finally became citizens and we were able to finally visit Cuba and visit my dad. Mm -hmm. But I, I didn't realize that at the time, really the, the biggest restraint in my life was just my mom's influence and, you know, her desire, not necessarily for us to like walk godly lives, but like live moral lives. And I, it it was very vivid how, well, it was, there was such a difference between who I was when I traveled to Cuba and then coming back and just being back in that shelter and protection of, know, go to school, come back, go home, and not really being exposed to a lot of a lot of what the world had to offer. Mm-hmm. So in yeah, in a lot of those strips we we went and we vacationed there. We did see our, my dad and our family members. But there was I believe Cuba is I don't know how you know, how different it is now. But 10 years ago, 
the there's there's a lot more tolerance there a lot more freedom to just kind of do whatever you you know you think is right in your own eyes in a sense mm-hmm. and the the laws are very lax like the underage drinking and anything <laughs> anything yeah. goes really um as long as you don't you have to disobey the government in other areas <laughs> but yeah in that sense it was there was it was very liberating for us because we we could go out we could go anywhere and hang out with a lot of people because we felt that it was in a way safer um there there isn't necessarily less crime it's just less reported mm-hmm. so we we had that confidence to just hang out with anybody and yeah it was during that time that we both you know set about um doing the the things that we we thought were right in our own eyes and seeking just satisfaction in other people like um social gatherings that didn't necessarily have um anything well there was there was a lot of drinking and we weren't we weren't involved in that but we were in that environment and just whatever that environment brought about and we yeah we just followed after the desires of our heart and we each had our own our own way of you know finding entertainment or just satisfaction in other people yeah. so that that was something that i realize now that it was really the 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 lord's blessing that my mom was a sort of restraint but it wasn't enough to um just protect me in that uh, in that sense because she she would let us vacation with with yeah my mom trusted my sister and she my sister really cared for me but it was again like it wasn't enough to protect me from being exposed to you know that environment and just seeking the desires of my heart mm-hmm. so that really so <laughs> in 2012 it was a really interesting year because it was my 15th birthday and there was there was a lot of sin going on in that year and that's something that like later down the line um the lord used to you know bring me eventually to salvation. So besides Cuba, living here in America, I I had friends and I went to college and I I was always dedicated to my studies. So I I would hang out with people that were like, you know, intellectually like same as me. Yeah. And eventually we became just not not just classmates but friends and that influenced uh, me in a way in a different way and my mom realized that the people that i was now hanging out because before it was you know in a different country yeah it was for a couple months we came back and no harm done but um now that i did have these friends that were classmates and now we're closer friends she started realizing that i really i wasn't following 
I didn't have good influence around me. And though they were dedicated to their studies, they were they were all focused on finishing their their degrees, science degrees, math degrees. Uh, the the standard of like good students was there, mm-hmm. but out you know in their lives they were just following after the desires of their heart. Yeah. So it was during that time that my mom really just influenced me or suggested that I would really seek to be plugged into the church and have Christian friends. And that I, I thought through that and I was like, you know what, maybe, maybe I should start looking for, um, just a church that has a college age group and that I can, you know, get acquainted with. Mm -hmm. And, Interestingly enough, she took a computer literacy course, and it was so random. <laughs> She's never done this before. Yeah. And she met someone's mom who attended Foundation. And when she was t- as she was talking to her, she was talking about how this group was so great. There's so many people. They were, they were college-aged and older, kind of around the same age that I was. Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, this is great. Just, like, you know, connect my daughter and... And foundation is actually our current Bible study for those who are not yeah, part of Grace Community Bible Church. Study. So this is a Bible study, like a college, we would say college. College and post. A lot of them are already Yeah, a lot of them are getting college. married. So yeah, so it's just Bible study at Grace Community Church. Yeah, and we're part of it. So that, and that's actually where, where we met. Yeah. So your but uh, so your mom is she plugged in into a church at this time or she's actually a- not. So oh. it's really interesting how the Lord used her tremendously to influence my life. But now she's on the side of I don't want any accountability. I don't want I want people to know my life. And it's mm. it's really interesting how she had such an impact in my life, and yet. Like right now, she's she's the opposite mm-hmm. of of that, um, unfortunately. But yeah, as she was getting to know this woman, she she eventually like just told her like, "Okay, give me give me your daughter's phone number because I'm going to connect them." Mm-hmm. And that's how I uh, that's how I found out about Foundation Bible Study. I actually. I always saw Grace Community Church because I've lived close to that church for a while and I don't really know what hindered us from going there. Well, except for the fact that it was a an English church and we were kind of intimidated <laughs> like, oh, we're are we going to understand? We we understand the Bible in Spanish and not really sure. Yeah. But as we grew in our like my sister and I as we grew in our confidence of just really while going through college and understanding English and everything, we did try to attend Grace Community Church one time. And it was it was before my mom met the the lady that whose daughter went to foundation. And we went there one Sunday and it was the randomest thing. We were there and I think Phil Webb, now that I think about it, I think it was Phil Webb that was singing and we were like wow this is so amazing like his (laughs) voice and then he ended um just his performance and nobody clapped and we were like 
Wait, what? <laughs> so that that really, really triggered my sister to think like, well, this is such an uptight church. Why don't they clap? What is going on? Like, what is it wrong to clap? So that that time we could have ended up at Grace Community Church, but we decided that it was it was very intimidating that they didn't clap. So <laughs> But move forward, my mom did meet that lady and I was yeah. able to Yeah, eventually I connected with her and I attended Foundation Bible study um just one time. And really I don't know how I normally don't I'm not the type of person that goes out side of her comfort zone like I was going I knew I was going to a group of people that I didn't know meeting yeah. a girl that I've never met before and yeah sitting under the teaching of the word but that that wasn't my main focus at the time so I it was truly God's providence that I ended up there and that eventually that I kept coming I I really don't know what drew me so much to fa- the foundation bible study but I was really thankful because eventually we went on retreat. I was, again, this is not something I normally do. I don't really, I don't really go to places where I don't know people and expose myself in that. Well, not expose myself, but just do that, that Mm -hmm. sort of thing. So going to the retreat, I carpooled with the, the girl that, yeah, the girl that, Invited My, that invited foundation? me to Foundation Bible Study. And mm-hmm. we, it was when we were heading back. Everything was great. I I love the the fact that we were all able to, even though I, I again, I, I hardly knew these people. I love the fact that we were, we were there, that everybody seemed so happy. And we were all able to just spend a weekend away and just focus on, God and I truly believed at that time that I was a Christian. I'm like, wow, this is this is great. Now I have Christian friends and now now I can really, you know, do this Christian thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was during our ride back I I told her to drop me off at Cal Street Northridge because I was I was in a relationship at the time and I told her you don't have to let my mom know because I'll I'll just tell her to pick pick me up from I didn't I don't remember if I said another location or I'll tell her when to pick me up is is what I told her and she said oh are are you are you okay are you gonna meet somebody I was like yeah I'm just gonna go meet my boyfriend and she said oh I didn't know you had a boyfriend and I said yeah he's (laughs) this is really interesting yeah he's not a believer but it's okay I'll totally make him a believer and she she heard that and just kept her silence and said, okay, and dropped me off. But later, I believe it was like a week later, she she texted me and said, you know what, I, or maybe she texted me that day, but a week later I thought about it. And she texted me saying, you know, I, I'm really concerned about this relationship that you're in that your mom is not aware of and just... Yeah, she pointed, she she encouraged me saying like, okay, bad company corrupts good morals and, you know, this isn't really, I don't think you should be in this relationship because she knew that the the guy was, was not a Christian and I heard that and that really, 
that drove me for some reason to have this boldness of like, you know what? I think, I don't think she's right about this. Like, I think I'm going to talk to Mark and let him know, which <laughs> I don't know how I gathered the, again, the boldness to talk to Mark because that conversation left me so intimidated. And, <laughs> Mark, and Mark is, is the, uh, one of, the, um, the he's leader. the pastor of the, of the Bible study, Mark, Mark Sukiewicz. So, yeah. So you, you, you talked to him about this. I talked to him. I, I went to him and said, you know, I, I know that the Bible um, says do not be unequally yoked, but really, you, I can I can convert him. Like I don't think this is this is what what the Bible really says here. And he said, okay. First, he pointed me he pointed me to a passage in Leviticus, and mm-hmm. that I think he was trying to show me like the holiness of God. And he just straight up said, you know, there's no such thing as about evangelistic dating. And how do you know that this guy will convert to Christ? Like, how do you know that you will make him convert to Christ? And that stood out to me. But what also stood out to me was the fact that he said, turn to Leviticus in your Bible. And I was just going through, flipping through the pages. I was like, (laughs) the pressure was on. He was looking at me. And I was like, "Uh." he said, it's the third book of the Bible. And that just sunk in like, okay, you, you say you're a Christian and you, you know, you say you, you love God or whatever I believed at the time. And yet you don't know where the book of Leviticus is. Like really <laughs> you don't know third? your Bible basically. Yeah. You don't know your Bible, the third book of the Bible. If you were actually reading it, like you would have gone in there not too, too long. And that conversation really left me thinking not enough to just change but it really left me thinking like okay I'm claiming to be someone that I see clearly that I'm not after that I kept coming back I kept coming back to foundation bible study week after week I I felt like I was I was trying to avoid Mark and I I didn't really understand this feeling like I I felt guilt and I felt that I that I shouldn't be that I shouldn't see him because he he knows I felt like he knew where I was and who I was and that really in just just intimidated me and maybe you just felt ashamed yeah I felt I felt ashamed yeah. I felt ashamed maybe. and yet the lord kept bringing me back and I I kept attending foundation. I was still in the relationship with the guy. I, I I ended it eventually a couple months after. But during that time period, it was it was really a struggle to to see this guy and say, "Okay, I'm attending I'm attending church and I'm hearing all these truths and they're they're completely different from, you know, I'm not I'm not acting the way that this standard or this truth is is calling me to live and i eventually realized that i can't be a christian and date this man and i can't be a christian and do what i was doing with this man but i really didn't know i didn't know how to do anything else other than that mm-hmm. it just it reminds me of a passage in titus 3 Three, three, where it says we were enslaved to various lusts and really just walking in malice, and that 
that was me that I I didn't know how to do anything anything else and during that time I really every sermon hurt every sermon that Mark preached just reached me in a way that I did not understand I I felt guilt I felt shame and there's this I don't know if it's a, a hymn or a song but it's um it, the the line that really stuck with me was once your enemy now seated at your table and that that always made me tear up because it was this beautiful song about the love of Christ and yet i knew that i was still his enemy that i was not i was not walking in the way that he called me to walk and it was it was then that i was realizing okay i cannot be in this relationship and i cannot have this lifestyle and yet say that i am a follower of christ and that that's when the two worlds really collided and i i understood okay if i am to follow christ then there's something that i have to do and that's how i eventually ended this relationship because i realized that i that i wanted to to be obedient and i i couldn't i couldn't be mm-hmm. and after that I there was a couple events that really um just drove my salvation which is it was very mushy how I eventually came to the assurance of salvation after just really and ending this relationship and yeah moving just continuing to come to Grace Community Church and being fed the word I I was up one night and I I remembered the year 2012 and that that was a, a year where I really really dove into my desires but the thing is that that year was really hard for my mom she was she was going through a lot of she had a lot of stress and she was going through a lot of things and then just hearing about what I had done in Cuba and just seeing that her her precious daughter just was acting in this way she that year she fell into a severe depression like it took her a whole year to she changed she completely changed it, it took her a whole year to really overcome what I did that year and she she took antidepressants and she started taking antidepressants and she said that one day she she really did contemplate suicide and she when she told me that i i remember being like mom you're overreacting or really this is this wasn't a big deal but that night as i was thinking through just how my sin affected her and my reaction towards her and all that i did and It was like the the moment in the Pilgrim's Progress where you felt your, the weight of your sins. I I felt that burden and I I really understood just how how sinful I was and just how condemned. Like I I mean I continued sinning after that, but that the way it affected my mom and how it, you know, she almost yeah, she was contemplating suicide and that really broke me that night. I I just cried all night and I thought through 
Kate, if I were to die tomorrow, would I be right with the Lord? Would I, why would I deserve heaven? And that, after that, I, I just, there was this desire in me to really understand, okay, what must I do to be saved? How do I, how am I saved? How do I live this Christian walk? How do I repent? That's something that really, really had to sink in because I would, I would fall back into the same sins. I would mm-hmm. just try to, you know, say to the Lord, oh, I'm sorry, and then just go back and, and being, yeah, just continue acting in, in the same way. Really, it, it really was enslavement. And it wasn't until, until, again, the outpour of the word and just, EWG going through providentially. Every woman's grace. Every woman's grace. <laughs> All these acronyms for women. that have to be. I know. So <laughs> it, uh, EWG is Every Woman's Grace. It's a women's Bible study at Grace Community Church. And normally we do it every Wednesday. So yeah. So go on. <laughs> so they were going through characteristics of genuine saving faith and they had this little paper and I went through all those passages and really prayed to the Lord that he would show me what must I do to be saved. And mm-hmm. eventually I understood Ephesians 2, 8. Many, many believers probably know. Um, For by grace you have been saved. And yes. this is not of, <laughs> this is not of, of your self. It is a gift, a gift of, God, of God. So then no one may boast. Yeah. Not by works. Not so. by works. That scripture made me understand that I didn't have to work out my salvation because I went from this fear and guilt to then like, okay, what can I do? What can I do? And yeah, I was able to grasp that it's it's no work of my own, that God really does freely gift us of, freely gift us his salvation. And there's a passage in Titus that I really love. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Titus 3, 5 through 7 But when the kindness of God our Savior and His love for mankind appeared, He saved us, not on the basis of of deeds, which we did in righteousness, but in accordance with His mercy by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom He richly poured out upon us through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by His grace, we would be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. It's a beautiful passage that really depicts just salvation in the gospel. We were... It was no work. It was not on the basis of deeds. And he justified us through the work of his son and gave us eternal life. And it's it's when the cross became beautiful to me because I understood that not my righteousness, but Christ's righteousness was imputed. It was the wrath of God was satisfied and his work on the cross was a sufficient offering for our sins because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. we know that the you know the wages of sin is death and the soul that sins shall die as Ezekiel 18 points out and yeah just really understanding why God had to had to die for me and really delighting in that truth of it was not my work it was his righteousness. It was mm-hmm. his righteousness that was imputed to me. And when I understood that, it it really brought 
a desire for the word and there were several several just key indicators or markers that really gave me the assurance that I okay the Lord saved me and I understood his work for me and it was that before I obviously I didn't know where Leviticus was so his I didn't know his word mm-hmm. I had I really struggled to read his word um, growing up, even though I attended, having attended um, just church and knowing, okay, you, you have to read the Bible because this is what Christians do. I really struggled to do that. And suddenly it was this desire and hunger for the word. And mm-hmm. that, that was something completely different because I didn't, I didn't read the Bible and I had no desire for that. And I would get, I would fall asleep after a couple of pages and it was like, oh, I have to read this. So it really, there was, there was that difference. Another mm-hmm. thing was understanding my sinfulness. I, I, I think the Lord really, you appreciate his salvation when you understand just how sinful you are and that, that, when that sunk in, I realized, Lord, who am I that you would save me? Mm-hmm. And that, yeah, that was that was another thing. And then it was fellowship with other believers, that desire to be with with the saints and dwelling mm-hmm. in unity with them. And those were things that before I I didn't have. I went to church, but I wouldn't stay there. Yes, the the church that I went to was arranged in that way, but I didn't have that desire to connect with anybody or just have a friendship or a desire to speak about the word and really get to know each other. That, that was always, I was always very individualistic in that, in my church. And Mm -hmm. again, I didn't really want that accountability. So that was that was another difference. And yeah, I, I kept coming to Grace Community Church and I really grew an assurance seeing seeing my life and seeing that now I desired to be obedient to Him. Mm-hmm. And it's it's when the verse uh, in John 14, 15 uh, made sense. Like, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. It's out of love that we obey and out, just out of knowing that you know Christ died for us and he accomplished he paid the debt that we could never pay and accomplished a beautiful work for poor wretched sinners like us mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah and you know just hearing your uh, your testimony is just um a couple of things that I can think of, you know, um, is just how important the church is, how important also it is, not only the church, but also the teaching of the church. Mm-hmm. That is sound doctrine, that they are actually teaching the word of God. Because though you you were going to a church, it's like you weren't receiving the right food. Because otherwise, if you had been rece- receiving the right food, then you, something would have changed in your life. And yeah. the only way that our hearts will be transformed is when we receive the right food. Just to see, you know, that fellowship among other believers is really important, that we have accountability. Like you said, you well, I didn't have accountability, and we would go to church, and then your mom got used to that, and 
then she didn't desire to be around mm. among believers because it gets to a point that when you're not part of a church and you're not fellowshipping with other believers, it's like, I don't want people to get into my business, you yeah. know? And it's like, that's that, that. And I've heard it many times from other people, also other mm. friends that are like, I don't want anyone in church to know my business, but that it's not, it's not about knowing your business. Like, yes, we're, we are to call each other, to, to call each other in love. You know, when we are sinning and if a brother sees that we're sinning, it's, our duty to call on each other with love and kindness. You know that, hey, this is not what the Bible says. And how amazing that the Lord, you know, put in your heart for some reason to go and talk to Mark about, <laughs> oh, by the way, yes, I'm in this relationship and I think it's great. And I think it's because, right? It's like, it's our own knowledge, our own understanding. It's like, I don't think there's anything wrong with this. And trust me, you're not the only one who has been. I'm pretty sure I understand and I can see like so many similarities just with just you like retelling your story now to me. And it's like how amazing and how gracious the Lord that, you know, that he will put people, he will orchestrate everything in the way that they were meant to happen. That your mom will meet that girl and then that you will end up going to foundation bible study and then you will be confronted with like no and and you know what i love most also it's like what you said that he mark used a scripture to bring you to to point you out to not like you know not by his own knowledge of like no that's wrong yeah that's not what we have learned you know it's like no he took it to scripture and that's what any church will do if you will know that you're in a sound doctrine church and a church that loves the word of god when they point you to scripture yeah so I, I, a couple of things, I'm going to go back and forth to just a couple of things that I wanted to mention. So when you moved to, um, to America, how, how old were you? Oh yeah, I forgot to say that. No, it's okay. Yeah, I was eight years old. Eight years old. Yeah. And so you had been going to a church there, but yeah. then it's a Pentecostal church there, and then you end up in a Pente- <laughs> Pentecostal church here, and then you go to... A you end up in yeah, yeah, and then you end up at Grace Community Church. Tell me a little bit how... Um, Obviously, we know, not because we go to this church, but our church is known for, like, they teach the Word of God, right? So, and you said that in that church that you used to go to, it was more like, I guess, like, uh, how did they call it? Like, motivational speakers yeah, motivational and sort of like speakers, that? Yeah, Can you tell me a little bit about that? Like, what was your first reaction going from a Pentecostal church where you're saying that you're not being taught the Word of God to now going to a different church that now you're saying that, you know, they're preaching God's Word? Yeah, it was it was very different. Um, believe it or not, the church that I, I guess it's believable, that I previously attended, nobody had their Bibles because yeah. the, well, first it was little verses. So he would put little verses in the like notes that you could write in. And yeah, nobody had their Bibles because the verses were put on the screen or it was in the notes. Mm-hmm. And coming to Grace Community Church, first of all, no PowerPoints. <laughs> <laughs> Not that PowerPoints are bad, but then everybody had their Bibles. That was mm-hmm. that was something that I never saw before. Mm-hmm. And really, you stand out when you don't have your Bible and you're not following along with the preacher because Everybody had their Bibles. Everybody had a notebook and paper. They mm-hmm. were writing down what he was saying and really being attentive to what the preaching of the, yeah, what they were saying. Mm-hmm. The, when the word is read, they were, they were being attentive. And that was, that was very different. I, I, I really felt 
like I stood out if I didn't have my Bible and if I didn't have a, like yeah. pencil and paper, I was like, oh my goodness, You're not I feel taking so... notes. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, they can see me. Yeah. But that's, that's beautiful because the reason why they're doing that is because they're not, they're not just listening to what he's saying and taking that as, I, I don't know how the expression is, like at face value or they're not taking that as if, they're trying to confirm that this is what the Bible really says and mm-hmm. what the speaker is saying is what is in scripture. So that's why mm-hmm. they're there and they're probably looking at cross references or other yeah. things. And that's that was very different because in my other church, whatever he said, I was like, Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have some you have this to say and I, I believe you and I I didn't really question it and even though he didn't use scripture in its context like I I just took it for what it was and another thing was the Grace Community Church is different yeah the fact that they sung hymns but not just the fact that they sung hymns it was that the hymns were so rich Mm -hmm. in scripture Mm -hmm. the songs even the songs that were um, obviously newer, they were rich in the Word of God. And the more you know the Word of God, the more you can tell the little subtle mm-hmm. hints that these songs were were really portraying. They, they were sing- We were singing God's truth. And mm-hmm. that, I fell in love with that. At first, I was like, wow, this music is so slow. <laughs> I don't know the songs. I, I'm so... Yeah. intimidated by this like I don't know what to say I don't know how to sing in that and you know how to sing because <laughs> it's so classical and um yeah I it was it was different and something that was kind of like a shock for me like I don't know what to do in this context became my delight I I love just reading the hymns and every every now and then I'll like take a picture of the hymn <laughs> that we're singing and just yeah. really meditate on that and they've been such an encouragement for my mm-hmm. heart the just to read the richness of of those words and somebody expressing back to the Lord his word mm-hmm. and before it was you know that song <laughs> Or I don't have to say a particular song. There's many songs where it would drag on and drag on and it was the same lyric. And, you know, you would get that feeling of like, oh, yeah, I'm really close to the Lord. But really, you're just it was very feeling based. Mm -hmm. And that that was what happened at Grace Community Church or what was done, what is still being done at Grace Community Church is that, you know, we really do focus on the lyrics and the meaning and how it reflects God's word and everything mm-hmm. is filtered through that. Yeah. Like all the songs that are sung are not necessarily out of feeling, but because it reflects that. Yeah. It's very gospel centered. Yeah. Gospel centered. Like, yeah. It, it was something that I was completely not, not aware of and not mm-hmm. accustomed to. And I, yeah, I, I grew to love, those songs mm-hmm. and those hymns that were sung and that's it's one of my one of the things that brings me joy <laughs> <laughs> oh she's getting ready for my <laughs> soon to be questions so i know that you mentioned sort of you know like 
kind of like some of the things that you saw the Lord change in your life. So let's elaborate a little bit more on that. So how did you see the Lord since you became a believer? Um, how have you seen the Lord grow you spiritually? And what are some of the major changes? I mean, you mentioned some, but what are some of those changes that you've noticed since you became a believer in your walk with the Lord? What has changed? Now I am very cautious of just what I listen to and what I feed my my mind because I there's a lot that <laughs> that is in the world that you know is so it's seen as something that is okay but I I see how it affects me and mm-hmm. how it drives me to really think just thoughts that aren't, you know, honoring to the Lord and yeah, just a desire for for holiness, a desire for growth and an understanding of God's word. That was something that was not there before. Mm-hmm. I I didn't know what holiness was. Mm-hmm. And my relationship with my family has changed. I <laughs> I was a very skilled liar and I would lie so, so much. And that's something that I've been more careful to, yeah, to really examine my, my, my heart and see, and to be truthful really Mm -hmm. to my family. And another thing is that desire for, for obedience. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I knew what the what the word of the Lord said about ma- about not being uh, married to other believer or to a non-believer or even unequally yoked. Un- unequally yoked. Mm-hmm. And I I said, well, I know this. The word says this, but I don't believe it. So it's taking God's word and valuing it and understanding that as I read it, it has implications on how I am to react and how I am to obey, how I am to act and be obedient to what it says. And mm-hmm. yeah, those, those are things that were lacking in my life because again, I was, I was dead in my trespasses. I, mm-hmm. I had no desire to be pleasing to the Lord. And yeah, I would say those are the things that changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I didn't get to see like the Glenda before, but I definitely have been able to just witness how you truly like you you desire to grow in God's word, and that since uh, we met, like you just desire to grow, and you, your desire is to fellowship with other believers, you know, and it's like which you know to keep you accountable, and 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 that's like the it's smart, it's very wise to do that to be among believers, to have people who can keep you accountable. Am I living a life worthy of Christ? And that's, you know, I, I've seen you grow so much and I'm looking forward to see you growing, you know, to grow more. <laughs> and I think another thing was serving. I really, mm-hmm. <laughs> I hesitated to sign up when they said, oh, somebody needs help here or we need help in this area. And I was like, not me. <laughs> I got things to do. Next person. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember putting in my application for membership. I was like, oh, what are the things that you'd like to do now? I'm like, oh, I want to serve in the church. Yeah. Or I think it says, why do you want to become a member? I was like, oh, I want to serve here. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So my next question for you. So um, any books uh, that other than the Bible that have been helpful in your spiritual walk? <laughs> yeah. Pilgrim's Progress. I... Don't they give that book a foundation? They give that book a foundation. Is it like that very... Not anymore? They did. Okay. Because I remember. I think I, I, I got it when I... <laughs> they, they used to. So actually, yeah. when they first gave that book... Well, I forget when they gave me the book because I didn't, I didn't let them know that I was a new person mm. until... It took me a while to introduce myself to the group. I didn't want mm -hmm. to stand up and... Get get questions. I, was, I, I felt kind of shy. All right, so that's one of the books. Yeah, Pilgrim's Progress. Definitely, um, the Attributes of God by um, A. W. Pink. And ooh, the books I've been influencing now. <laughs> okay, what is that called? Okay, it's by Jen Wilkin. Anything by Jen Wilkin. I've been reading a lot of her books. And it's on the attributes of God, but how they, it is called, what, 10 ways, the attributes of God, 10 ways that God is not like us and why that's a good thing. That's mm -hmm. her just examination. I mean, I've, I've read several books on the attributes of God for her. It's the implications of, okay, given that the Lord is this, like, how are we to, respond and you know what are communicable communicable attributes and what are attributes that are exclusively mm -hmm. gods mm -hmm. so it's she has a lot of practical theology that i i just i love the way she really explains the word and mm -hmm. explains just who god is mm-hmm And uh, what are three things that bring, brings you joy? <laughs> I think you mentioned it, but let's mention it again. <laughs> okay. So definitely finding hymns and finding good hymns and reading them. Well, they're all good. <laughs> just reading them and meditating on just what they have to say and their richness. They, I've been encouraged by hymns in really... <laughs> really hard circumstances where I'm just like crying out to the Lord. And then this hymn says exactly how I feel. I'm like, Lord, <laughs> thank you so much. Another thing is if you ever notice on a Sunday that we have communion, mm -hmm. I will be just absolutely delighted to see that, that we have communion. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I, I love communion Sundays ever since I, yeah, I became a believer and um, I was at Grace I really grew to love communion and just how we come to the Lord, how we are to come to the Lord. Now understanding the purpose of communion, how we are to come to God with a well, first a heart that is has examined itself and is not in sin and is not you know like willfully disobeying, um, just having like a habitual sin that we know is displeasing to God and we haven't really like repented of and our hearts are are very focused on that and doesn't want to let go like I yeah. I just I love how we have the opportunity to just come and communion is also to rejoice in the work of the Lord and rejoice in his salvation and I I I love 
Love communion. So that's number two. That's number that's three. Number two. <laughs> number three. Number three. <laughs> A dear friend helped me to understand this. It's going to sound very weird. But I love um, just bringing sorrow before the Lord. So that there's there's been many times where I'm convicted of sins and I see it and I just, I cry out to the Lord and search the scriptures and find comfort in who He is. So definitely having a sorrow over sin and understanding it for what it is and understanding how sin separates us from God and how we are so unworthy of that. But then knowing that we are we're able to approach Him and confess our sins and that He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and mm-hmm. really examining the the forgiveness and the kindness of the Lord and how He bestows he bestows pardon on us despite our sins. Mm-hmm. So like in a in a more paraphrased version, I find joy and sorrow <laughs> as oxymoron as that may be. Mm-hmm. But it's something that I've I've come to understand its significance and this dear friend helped me to understand that because <laughs> he has a lot of sorrow too i think i can remember who that is i m- might have heard that too in the podcast and <laughs> season two actually so you can go back and listen to that i think it's, it might have been jordan's episode <laughs> he's here right now so <laughs> supporting his friend um well glenda thank you so much for taking this time and just opening your heart and just allowing us to hear the work of the Lord in your life and may it be for his glory. And if you're not a believer, uh, we just pray that there's going to be an encouragement to you that you will come and bow down to the Lord and call out to him and just repent and repent from your sins and turn to Christ because he is the only one who can save us. There's this verse that really encapsulates that. Yeah. Let's read. Let's hear it. (laughs) You can read it. Okay. This verse goes like this. Oh, it's in Isaiah um, 55, 6 through 7. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return to the Lord and he will have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Isaiah 55, 6 through 7. Amen. Amen. Thank you again. Uh, Thank you, friends, also for listening to our podcast and watching on YouTube. Thank you so much for your support. And I will be closing us in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for our Savior, Jesus Christ, because He is the only reason why we can come here on a weekly basis, Lord, listening to the wonderful work of the gospel, of the transformed lives. Um, all through the power of the gospel, Lord. Thank you so much because you have called us out of darkness into light and we just want to the light, Lord, and that truth. And um, for those, Lord, probably who, if there is anyone who is listening today and do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, Lord, we pray that you will soften their heart, Lord, that you will give them a new heart and that they will surrender their lives to Christ and that they will enjoy um just uh, to have a restored relationship with you. 
Thank you so much, Lord, for this time. And we just pray that this all be for your glory and for the glory of our Savior, Jesus Christ. We pray this in his name. Amen. Hey, guys, thank you so much for listening or watching our podcast. If you're enjoying our podcast, we would like to invite you to support us by leaving us a review. Let us know how you have been encouraged by each one of the stories that you have listened here. Also, leaving us your feedback. You can also help by following us on social media on Instagram and Facebook or by liking or commenting on our post and also by sharing with your friends and family. Also, don't forget to subscribe on our podcast and YouTube channel. Another way that you can also help us is financially by visiting our Patreon page by going on the link here on the description.